0: I've been recently talking about this idea of thinking outside the box. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably something that would lead to creativity, ultimately to innovation. But if we want to get out of our box, do we need to know what our box is? What is your box? Stay tuned and find out more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and user of metacognition, David Peterson. I recently had a podcast talking about thinking outside of the box. And uh, that common phrase, if you haven't already listened to that podcast, uh, you should probably pause right here and go back and, and listen to that one first. And there's a link to it in the show notes. So we can all agree that getting out of the box is necessary in order to get creativity and leading to true innovation. But it does get me thinking about how we would define our box so it makes sense that we need to have some idea of where we are if we're going to then challenge ourselves to get out of it, right? So what's what's our box? So for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to restrict my definition of the box to my profession of banking. But, you know, you you may be listening to this podcast and you may be in a completely different business. It doesn't matter whether you... Operate a manufacturing uh, business or a retail store or one of my new favorite businesses is Stretch Lab here where where I go once a week and get a a flexologist to do professional stretch. Every single type of business must have this idea of how these types of, of things apply to them. Everyone needs to be thinking about creativity and innovation. So, you know, as I talk about this, I'm going to talk about it in terms of the banking world, but I want you to be able to kind of twist that, turn that, put that into the, the language that would be most relevant to how you operate your business. Now, there's no way for me to actually get in any kind of detail about all the different kinds of boxes and the, and the vast variances in, in what one person's box into another. When I talk about a box, what we're really defining is a set of industry practices or norms or mores or things that either we ourselves or in our work, we accept and follow these rules, even though in many cases they're unspoken. Now, from a banking perspective, how would we define our box, right? So anyone's personal list would you know, likely generate some divergent set of definitions than somebody else's, depending on their geographic region, their target market, their demographic customer base, what they actually do at the financial institution. All of that matters. So I'm going to take a stab at what I, David Peterson, perceive as a list of box attributes that I see most bankers exhibit as their industry norms. So I'm creating a bullet list. And again, this is something you can take a piece of paper out and create the bullet list. What are your industry norms? What are your organizational norms? For a bank, I think a, a financial institutions box can be defined as establishing accounts for individual and business entities, accepting deposits, providing loans, for customers that align with their credit policies, dispersing cash to customers on demand in accordance with their account balances, providing access to payment systems, credit cards, debit cards, ACH, Zelle, faster payments, blah, 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 blah. They operate physical locations where banking transactions and other activities can occur. They provide tools for access to account and transactions outside of the physical location. You can call, you can use your mobile phone. You can use your computer and so forth. And they safeguard information and physical items in an extremely highly secure process. Now, is that a comprehensive list? I mean, I can already hear some of you going, whoa, 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 you left that out. Hey, we're in the trust department. What about investment? Okay, I get it. There's no way that this is comprehensive. So amend my list uh, any way you see fit. But in general, I am not sure that there would be any huge pushback on the elements that I did include. Uh, Banking is a transaction-focused business. Open a new account, post an ACH transaction, execute a wire transfer for a request, cash out a CD. These are all transactions within the scope of financial services. And banks have trained their people to execute those transactions with an extremely high level of proficiency and professionalism and that's good. That's really good. But if we accept that my list is, is at least a basic framework of a financial institution's box, then what does it mean to get out of that box? Now, I would argue that the very start of the creative process would be to recognize that if we're focused on transactions, how would our thinking change regarding services if we were not focused on transactions? And is that even, is it even possible? I mean, how can we have a banking service without transaction? It's the very thought exercise that highlights the extreme difficulty of getting bankers to think outside the box. Your left brain is set in stone on the immutable truth of banking transactions. How can we somehow ignore that these transactions exist, are essential? And I get it. It's very hard. But... Try we must in order to get any real creativity. We've got we've to make the effort. So start by not thinking that transactions do not exist, but they're not the focus. Of course they exist, but that's not our primary purpose of being in terms of providing banking services. So as a thought example, perhaps consider that a bank's primary focus would be targeting on identifying and establishing customers' goals and dreams how would that change that organization's perspective on how and where they would provide services? Now, I've written about goals and dreams uh, in the past, and and there's a link to that podcast if you you missed it, and you can go check it out. Want to have some fun? Hey, you want to have some fun at your next manager's meeting? Uh, Try this exercise. Ask each manager that, that reports to you to come up with an example of a goal or dream that a typical customer would have that aligns with their area of expertise. Now you can let them know in advance of what you want them to relay at the meeting, or or you can just spring it on them. So I I can argue either side of having prep (laughs) for that question or not. Regardless of how the question is posed, listen very carefully to the responses. Do your managers struggle with this exercise, or are they able to think away from a transaction focus to a goal and dream focus? Right. So, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, my uh, stretch lab, and I, I just en- enjoy going there. It's just so beneficial. But their goal is not to stretch me. Their goal, it, you know, my my dream is that I get more flexible, that I have uh, it's easier for me to do, you know, daily activities, whether that's playing pickleball or whatever, you know, so, so it's not about what their goals are as flexologists. If they understand what my goals are and then they help me achieve those goals, then that changes the dynamic uh, from a transaction into something that breeds loyalty. Now, perhaps, you know, the appropriate follow-up from that exercise that I just talked about would be to ask each senior manager to brainstorm within their area and come up with ideas for how that business focus can move away from transactions and assist customers with achieving goals and dreams. That would be a really great exercise to incorporate into your next you know, quarterly meetings, strategic planning offsite, what have you. So what would you do with the results of the brainstorming that I just outlined? Just having ideas doesn't mean that they're going to be implemented or even any good, but it, but it would start a conversation about the value of moving your business focus away from a transactional one. So today's customers are looking for businesses that are genuine, uh, and how they conduct themselves and, uh, you know, they they associate with. And, and bankers in particular could go a long way to be more appealing, particular to younger future customers, based on a change in their focus. So combine now a change in focus with the harder job or harder work of changing the branding of your institution. Again, we're talking about banks. Now, I'm not talking about colors or logos but the brand is really how the institution is perceived by the customer, the community, uh, and even other stakeholders, board members, uh, shareholders. It, it's, it's the, you know, it's this halo effect, this penumbra of, of what everyone sort of thinks about you when they, when they uh, experience or interact with your institution. And all the staff, with like literally everybody is talking about assisting customers in achieving goals and dreams. When your social media posts show examples of customers achieving goals and dreams through your financial institution's assistance. When the community can see uh, all all of these things that you're doing, they all come away with saying, oh my gosh, this institution is different. That now all of a sudden they're looking at you in a completely different light. Then and only then, Well, you have made a substantive change in how your box is structured and proceed. You you have changed the whole dynamic from that box into something completely different. So I'm using this term goals and dreams as a representative example of thinking outside the box. I'm not advocating that this is the only method that any financial institution or any other business should undertake, but I do feel strongly enough about it that I would not advise against It for any FI that's looking to break out of industry norms and strike a new tone with customers and prospects. And quite frankly, I don't care whether you're selling nuts and bolts or you're, you're, you know, stretching uh, people uh, or operating a retail clothing store. I I think most of these concepts will apply. Let's face it. If we stay inside the box, we'll be safe. Feels comfortable to stay within our industry norms. And when things are going well, and the income statement, the capital accounts all look pretty good, it's kind of a radical move to suggest, oh, oh, oh we got to get out of the box. Like, wait a minute, the party's going on gray. Don't, you know, what are you talking about changing the music? But we, as a country, as a world, I mean, we're facing some real radical change. And, you know, financial institutions and perhaps your business is going to have to make a transition. And those are the ones that are willing to challenge the status quo what about your business? Are you ready, willing, and able to get out of your box? I hope so. And if you need any assistance with that process or to get it started in your organization or just have a question about it, reach out to me. The contact information is coming up in mere seconds. I'd love to chat with you about what it would take for you to take the very first step outside of your box. thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the innovation driven growth podcast i covet your questions comments or critique you can reach me at david at david i'm also on facebook at dp speaks and everywhere else on social media at dlp speaks i look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon